So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We honor you, Lord Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. You have delivered us and freed us from our sin and condemnation and death. Hallelujah, we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts from your word now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3. And if you're a guest with us here today, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. Please, as uh, Pastor Tim mentioned earlier, if we can do anything to help you as a guest, know more about our church, we'd, we'd love to uh, talk to you about our church and how we can minister and help you in any way. We've been looking uh, very deeply these days together for quite a while uh, at this theme that I've, I've used to help us take our walk through Genesis called Remember Your Creator. We're now to the section in Genesis chapter 3 where all the world changed forever. Where Adam and Eve did not remember their creator. They did not obey God. They chose to believe the lie of the devil. And they disobeyed God. And therefore, because of that, there came worldwide, permanent, global creation consequences to their sin. Today, some of us still uh, scratch our heads and say, well, why isn't there any good in the world? And I hope that perhaps today I can answer that for you and remind you of why there is no good in the world except for what God does through grace in Jesus Christ and the work of the church. We saw last week that uh, when Adam and Eve both sinned and disobeyed God, the one law that was in the garden was don't eat of the knowledge, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, well, they did, and the, the law said, the law of God was in the garden, if you eat of it, you will die. So now we come to these very serious words, and I remind you of this. I mentioned this in the early service. I wanted, This is not a fable. This is not a nice little happy story for us to get around to try to understand troubles in the world. This is an actual factual event that took place at the beginning of the creation of the world. Early in the creation of the world, Adam and Eve chose to historically, literally, this is real. I'm talking about what's real today. I'm talking about what's truth today. I'm talking about what will help you understand why your life and my life and this world is in the mess that it's in. Historically, on a day not named, Adam and Eve sinned against God. And from that day forward, historically, really, Adam and Eve lived a completely different life. And that's what I'm going to try to stress to you today. I pray that God will give us focus today, the lack of distraction. We need to hear this for so many reasons that only the Holy Spirit can apply. What did the Lord do? He came walking in the cool of the day. The presence of God comes then among Adam and Eve as it had always been. But they had eaten and they were hiding from God. And God says, where are you? 
chapter 3, verse 9. We talked about this in detail last week. And then he said to Eve, what have you done? He said to the woman, what have you done? He says the same to all of us every day. God is calling to you by the Holy Spirit. Where are you? Where are you? And what have you done? Now we come to these very serious words. Yahweh Elohim, verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He, not seeds, he, one. We'll speak about this in more detail next week. He shall bruise you, that is, he shall crush you on the head and you shall crush him on the heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth, that is, bring up children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground. Because from it you were taken for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments for skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand and Take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word, these real words, these truthful words. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There is sadness in my heart today for reading these words. If you've been here with me through these days as we've walked through Genesis 1, God said it and it was so. God made it and he said, it's good. Everything that God made was good. And he crowned it all by the making of a male and a female in his image. In the image of God, he made them. 
this glorious creation and then made and gave them then this paradise garden with everything they would ever need. He joined them together as husband and wife, as a family, so that they might live in fulfillment and one anotherness and be together. And now we read such sad words. The, the, the detail, the intimacy of how God formed a male out of the dirt of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life and then carefully took the rib out of his side and built, that's the word, built, fashioned a woman. And they were together. And now we have to read these words. Verse 23, The Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden. The Lord sent him out from the Garden of Eden. 24, so he drove the man out. He drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, there the cherubim stood with a flaming sword turning every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. He drove the man out. From Eden he must depart. From the tree of life he must be debarred. Into the world he must proceed. A godless, friendless, unhappy man. His wife was no longer the helper he needed, but was likely to increase his misery and aggravate his woe. His conscience, once his friend, was now his foe. Once it ministered only pleasure, but now it ministers condemnation and gloom. The world was before him. He might wander where he would, but go where he may. He carried the elements of his misery within him. He was now a weary, wandering, wretched, lost, and ruined creature. The glorious garden was lost. His heart's peace was lost. Our focal truth is this, that God drove sinful mankind from the garden to live in the world of sin east of Eden. You see, all of God's word matters. All the words matter. And here we have, so he drove the man out and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim. There are four observations that I want to make. There are many that could be made. Many, many truths and lessons we could look at. We'll take time for these four that I want to press upon you today and I want you to think carefully about it. And remember these words, he drove the man out and drove him out east of the Garden of Eden. Number one, God sent sinful man east of Eden to the world of sin. Secondly, the world of sin east of Eden is a cursed world. This is the place where now Adam goes and Eve. This husband and wife, they're driven out and they're now in a world of sin east of Eden 
as sinners in this world, a cursed world. The, the world of sin east of Eden is a corrupt world as they go out to this world. Beyond the garden paradise of God, now they enter the world, the world of sin because they are sinners. It is now a cursed and corrupt world. And the world of sin east of Eden is a condemned world. What are the three words that describe what happens as a result of Adam and Eve's sin and the same for you and me? Because we have sinned in the same way against God and rebelled against Him. It is curse, corruption, and condemnation. Curse, corruption, and condemnation. You see, God separated Himself from sinful man and drove him out. A holy God cannot have fellowship with a sinful man. Our sins have separated us from God. Born into this world, we sin in the same manner. We're separated from God and we need a Savior. We cannot have fellowship with God. We're born as sinners in this world. We sin in the same way. So he drove him, he expelled him is the word. The word drove literally means just like you do cattle. You drive them out. You move them along. God moved him out. God moved Adam and Eve out. He graciously protected them, and I'll talk more about this next week. Oh, there's a gracious protection. Thank God he clothed them before they went out. 21. Animals were killed. Innocent animals were killed for their skins so that Adam and Eve might have their skin clothes, these, these clothes made of animal skins, to go out into the world of sin east of Eden. And God says, we cannot let them stay. We, he, God himself says, we cannot let man stay here in the garden. He might again, by his own choice, eat from the tree of life and then be forever in sin and under condemnation and curse without any hope. Anything east of Eden is living in, leaving the land of blessing and entering the land of curse. Anyone who goes east from Eden leaves God's blessing for a world of sin. You say, how do you know that, Pastor Mike? Well, just, just keep reading in Genesis. I'll give you some examples. Next chapter, Cain murders his brother. And chapter 4, verse 16, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Cain wasn't interested in being around God. He was a sinner. He's going to do his own thing, living in pride and arrogance and hostility and anger toward God. He kills his brother. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord to the land of Nod, east of Eden. We read later, as the great sinfulness and corruption of the world was growing and Noah <clears throat> all of the others and all the sin that happens and all that takes place. But then again, we find this coming again, back again, and it came about. This is chapter 11 of Genesis. It came about as they journeyed east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, settled there. They said, come let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top, <coughs> excuse me, will reach into heaven. Let us make for ourselves a name. East of Eden, the world of sin is a place where man tries to make a name for himself in rebellion against God. 
called the Tower of Babel. Chapter 13, verse 11, finally Abraham has a meeting with Lot and says, look, your, your workers and my workers, they, they're not getting along. We got too many people, we got to divide up. So Lot, you pick whatever you want. I'll go the other way with mine, you go your way with yours. Oh, Lot looked at all that lush green. Boy, liked it all. And in Genesis 13, 11, Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan and Lot journeyed eastward. Living east of Eden reveals man's separation from God's blessing and protection. That's where you, Pastor Mike, where were you born? I was born east of Eden in a world of sin, and so were you. This is the world into which we've all been born. Generation after generation, back to Cain and Abel, the first children born east of Eden, in the land of sin. Living east of Eden is the place of man's pride and sinfulness, a place where man does not care about God nor the things of God. Living east of Eden is the place of death, death and dying and misery. You see, God sent sinful man. This was the judgment. Now, we're born and we die east of Eden in the world of sin. The world of sin east of Eden is a cursed world. We see it now. These words are very sobering. I've found that sometimes preachers try to, because it's uncomfortable, they try to make humor out of this. There is no humor in this. There ought to be sadness when we read this. There ought to be grief in it. It ought to remind us of the glory of the gospel because of what we read. God had to act as a result of man choosing to sin against him. And so what does he do? Well, sin brought the curse of God on the creation, upon the devil, and upon the work of man and a troubled life in the world of sin east of Eden. God cursed the serpent used by Satan to deceive mankind. Because you've done this, verse 14, but he's speaking beyond the uh, creature. He's speaking to one, the evil one. He's speaking to one we know as Satan and the devil. He describes the fact that this devil, this evil one, will be, there will be conquest. Cursed are you more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field, on your belly you'll go, dust you'll eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, that is hostility, warfare between you and the woman and between your seed and, please notice it's her seed, not the man's seed, her seed. He, the one from her seed shall bruise, crush is the word, you on the head and you shall bruise him, this one, on the heel. And we'll talk more about that next week as it is the great prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ the seed of the woman, our glorious Savior, Lord, King of all, triumphant, crushing the head of the devil. But now, back to the world of sin east of Eden. It's a cursed world. God speaks curse on Satan. God cursed the earth, which was the source of God's care for mankind. Now man's got to 
do his job. And it's a cursed world. 17, Adam, he says to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, you should not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. Cursed is the ground. He goes on and says in 18, both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. This is what you will have now. All that I've given you, all the vegetation, all of the trees, all that I'd given you for food. Now, this is what you have. Growing thorns and thistles. In the world of sin, in a cursed world, God cursed the earth, but also the curse fell upon man in that he would die. The day you eat it, you will die. And now God says, God says to the man, verse 19, You will eat the bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. You see, God's curse on man separated sinful man from a holy God. That's why we live in a day where people refuse to hear the truth of God's Word. They refuse to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jew and Gentile. And because of that, their minds are corrupted and they live in corruption and perversion, coming up with all kinds of strange ways to live. And the reality is that God gives them over to their sin. You see, the world of sin east of Eden is a place where you get what you want, your sinful desires. The world east of Eden, this world of sin, is a corrupt world. And I wish I had time just to develop this, but I'll, I'll just take a few moments here. Some of you will be frustrated and wish I was saying more, and some of you will be glad. I'm saying less, but nevertheless, wherever you are. This is very important, my dear brothers and sisters, because I'm describing the world you live in. This isn't some concept about a fantasy story that we can think about. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Boy, that was really... Now, wait a minute. The world is cursed because of the sin of man. It's a real curse with real consequences. But the world east of Eden is corrupt. And all of us, including this speaker and all of you sitting here and those who hear my voice, we are corrupted also because of sin. You see, first, God speaks to each of these individuals separately about their sin because sin is an individual thing. He speaks to the woman about her sin, the wife of Adam. And then he speaks to Adam, the husband, to his wife because as a couple, they sinned against God. This is quite an interesting fact that we must not miss because here we see sin starts in the family. Sin in the world came in the family. And so there is now a corruption upon the roles of, of husbands and wives and that of their relationship to their children. I don't have to, I don't have to spend much time on this. This is reality. This is, this is our world filled with corruption where husbands and wives cannot get along because of sin. 
You see, God's plan for marriage is Genesis 2.24. This is for every person here who's married. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, join to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. That's the plan, that's the purpose, that's the goal God has for your marriage. I don't care how long you've been married. That's God's purpose. But we live in the world of sin east of Eden and we've carried our sinfulness into our marriages. Sin has corrupted the roles of a husband and a wife. They're not what they ought to be. That's why Paul speaks about the roles of husband and wife. The wife in loving submission to her husband like Christ, like the church to Christ and the husband like the Lord Jesus loving his wife and providing for her and protecting. These are God's ordained roles for a marriage. But now we read these strange words and they're hard to translate into our language. He says to the woman, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. You, it's not just bringing, not giving birth, but it's also the pain of having children. And then we read these strange words, which have been so misused. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. The best way to translate this, I really believe, is something along this way. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. We have police officers in our church. I've talked to them before about the danger of domestic situations in homes. You know, that's why they don't go alone. That's what we see all over our world. Oh, the, the twistedness and corruption that exists in families. The pain of children and what they do and don't do and how they live. The pain of children and the sinfulness that breaks and corrupts our relationship as husband and wife to one another. You can mark it down. If you're having trouble in your marriage, you have a part in it in your sin, and that's where you need to start. What is your part? What, where are you and what have you done in your marriage? Where are you and what have you done? You see, in the world of sin, east of Eden, it's a corrupt world, and families, families are corrupted because of sin. Because we've all sinned. I wish I could say more about it, but I go on. Notice he says to Adam, you see, sin corrupted the earth because of you. The ground is cursed. The Word of God tells us that the earth is growing older. It's decaying. It's corrupting. And one day it will be rolled up like an old garment. The Lord Jesus will come again. There will, hallelujah. Oh, what an... What a thing to imagine, a new heaven and a new earth. These are the promises of the Word of God. Look beyond this. Look beyond. You see, we're trapped because we were born into the world of sin east of Eden. We think this is all there is. We think we can make this better. We think we can improve it if we just train people. If we just control them with laws. We, there's a curse and there's a corruption 
even on the ground, even on the created order. And then the work of the man. He says, cursed is the ground because of you. Please look at these words. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. And by the sweat of your face you will eat bread. Toil. Toiling, working, and getting nothing for it. Sweating, working day and night. Going to bed fearful, afraid, wondering if anything's going to work out. This isn't just a... This isn't just a word for farmers. This is a word for every one of you. This is why work is not fulfilling. Because there is corruption in our world. And it has corrupted not only our family relationships, it has corrupted the work world and the created order in which we walk. You see, sin has left a permanent corrupt mark on the world. And corruption is seen most often in the way people live. I just quote it for you. Genesis 6. You're in your Bible if you want to check me out and make sure I'm reading here from the Word of God. Genesis 6, 11. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God. The world is corrupt today in the sight of God. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and filled with violence. God looked on the earth and behold, it was corrupt a second time. For all flesh corrupted their way upon the earth. That's what happens today. There are no pockets of people who are exempt from this. We all have been corrupted by our sin, my friends. It's twisted your minds. It's affected your values. It's broken and destroyed your relationships. Corruption. And then we go to work in a corrupt world and we wonder, what is it? Why, that's why Paul talks about groaning in Romans 8. Groaning, groaning, groaning. Toil and sweat and groaning until I'm dead. This is what we must help our lost friends to understand. Without Jesus Christ, this is it. This is why Solomon wrote the entire book of Ecclesiastes about life under the sun. The world of sin east of Eden in a corrupt world. Oh, I only read one because of time. Romans 8, 19. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that creation itself also will be free from its slavery to corruption. You plant your seeds... And you plant your seeds looking for the good crop. And what do you get? More weeds than you do crop. That's what grows for you in a corrupt world of sin east of Eden. And then God says, by sweat of your face, verse 19, you will eat bread. We eat our bread with sweat, toil, groaning, misery as corrupt people in a corrupt world. Through one man's transgression, there resulted condemnation to all. It leads me to this, condemnation. The condemnation of God. You will eat your bread until you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, and for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. When you go by the graveyard today, 
remember condemnation. The soul that sins, he shall die. The wages of sin is death. Separation eternally and permanently from God. And so the great condemnation of God has come upon the world. The world. Sinners are corrupt and under the condemnation of God. Under the judgment of God. Do we care, believers? Do we care? This is, I'm talking about children being born into this world. This is the only, we've only lived east of Eden. But the Lord Jesus has pointed us toward heaven. He has pointed us toward glory. He has promised to us eternal life and freedom from condemnation and curse and corruption. But before I move to the grace of God, I must be shaken by the sinfulness of my life and the wickedness of this world. Do you need any more current events than you've recently had to remind you of how ungodly, corrupt, and wicked the world is? So what do we remember today as we go? All have sinned and live east of Eden in a world of sin. Your children are being brought up in a world of sin, in a world of corruption. And as a believing parent, you must decide how you deal with a corrupt world. That's not somebody else's job. That's your job. It's real. Corruption is real. It affects your mind. It twists your values and your views of things. This is why we worry about people and their lostness, but we forget they're corrupted and twisted and perverted because of sinfulness. And the only reason why you and I are not is because we have a way of escape by being saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we still deal with our corruption every day. All live under the curse of sin and death. Look, you might, you might have a famous person. Boy, you, you admire that famous person. Maybe it's somebody in history. You've read all about them. and Just you're amazed by what they've done. I'm not saying humans haven't done amazing things. But just remember this. You are dust and so are they. Dirt. You are dirt. God says to sinful man. You are dirt and you will return to the dirt. This is the judgment and condemnation of God. We die in our sinfulness unless we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I appeal to you today. You see, if you're living again as a believer and you've gone back to your sin, why would you corrupt yourself? Why would you do that? Why would you willingly corrupt yourself again from the things the Lord Jesus Christ has died to save you from and to deliver you and the Holy Spirit has been put in you so that you can overcome all oh, the corruption, all oh, the curse, all oh, the condemnation and the groaning and the labor and the killing and the murder and the hatred starting at, in the family, moving across all of our generations affecting our work and all that we do and everything we plant comes up thorns and thistles. This is the world of sin. 
east of Eden. That's why the words, for by grace are you saved, through faith, become so precious to us. You know the only way out of curse and corruption and condemnation is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now with sadness again, he drove the man out. He drove the man out. Never was God's plan. Mankind was created in the image of God, my dear friends, but he desired to be God and ended up in his rebellion separated permanently from God unless whosoever calls upon the Lord, listen, you may be saved. Come to Jesus to the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord is near to the door. He's about to re-enter this world of sin east of Eden. And when He comes, it will be different than His first coming. Great judgment will come to all of the world and all the nations of the world. It will be, it will be a new day, a new reality when Jesus comes again. Come Lord Jesus.